The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Hello and welcome back to Hoop Ball Hawks, the show here on the Hoop Ball Network that is taking flight. Recover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm recording this on Sunday, November 14th. Apologize for the delay. Been real busy with school and work around here, but I've been watching like you've been watching. Six-game losing streak right now, and it's it's tough. It's it's one hundred percent tough. I really don't have any words. I'm not gonna have a lot of words today. It's gonna be a very short episode. I'm going to talk about what I've liked in the last two games, if that's a great way to put it, and how can we turn things around tonight when we come back home to the State Farm Arena here in Atlanta and take on the Milwaukee Bucks for the rematch, another team that's been struggling out the gate, um, frankly. So push is going to come to shove today, and there's some obstacles that the Hawks have had to overcome as well with injuries and affecting rotations and it's just it's a culmination of things but there's been some things that I've liked from the Hawks the last couple of games that are like I said I keep saying that they can turn the corner they can and I and I think they will they're doing some things to get to that point but they're still shooting themselves in the foot so we're going to reflect on that and preview the Bucks game after this plug. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%. Just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, 
Free band, free band. All right, and we are back. Since we last recorded, as I said, that four-game losing streak is now a six-game losing streak. So, obviously, they dropped the contest to the Warriors. They take on the Jazz again, and they play the Jazz without DeAndre Hunter and Bogdan Bogdanovich. It was the second night of a back-to-back. And here's the thing. The Hawks played hard. In the last two games, they have played hard. They have fought to the end. But you guys already know what it is. It's the untimely turnovers, bad shot selection. They get frantic in moments, and boom. Next thing you know, the other team is up by 12, 14, 15. And you're sitting there like, what the hell? It was a four, six, seven, eight point game just a few moments ago. And how can things just turn so quickly? Well, the Hawks just have to continue to play possession by possession, basically. And I am not doubting that this team wants to win. I'm not doubting that. It's evident. The team wants to win, but I think they lose themselves in moments throughout the game that end up being costly and end up giving the other team a huge run to take over. So in the Utah game, close game in the first quarter, Jazz had a really good second quarter, but after that, the Jazz didn't necessarily dominate. I mean, in stretches, yes, but when you look at the box score, and if you watch the game, the Hawks were fighting. The Hawks were fighting. They had to because Bogey was out and DeAndre Hunter was out. Now, they both played for the Nuggets, but now DeAndre Hunter's back on the injury report. You know, Collins has been dealing with an ailment as well. Capella is coming off of, you know, Achilles injury in the offseason. So the Hawks are dealing with some nagging injuries and health is a big issue right now. It is. And I'm not trying to make an excuse. I'm definitely not making an excuse, but it's there. And when I look at the Utah game, the big thing is you don't have DeAndre Hunter. You don't have Bogey. This is where you need John Collins to be John Collins. And in 35 minutes, 3 of 11 from the field, 7 points, 4 rebounds, 1 of 2 from 3. I know he's been dealing with a foot. Could be, you know, the issue there. And it was a second out of a back-to-back. That could have been an issue. And then he played 35 minutes, so maybe it wasn't. So I'm not going to give him an excuse. But you need John Collins to be that third guy if they were going to go into Utah and win. Cam Reddish had a good game, broke out of his slump, 16 points, 6-12 shooting from the floor, 4-6 from three. I like those games from Cam Reddish. What I liked better was Kevin Herter that night. Kevin Herter was special. 28 points, 11 of 18 from the floor, six three-pointers out of nine attempts, three rebounds, three assists, two blocks for Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter had easily the best game of the season. In his best game since that playoff game against Philadelphia in Game 7. We 
need to see more of this from Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter was aggressive, three-level scorer, getting in the paint, getting to the cup, shooting the mid-range, and then shooting the three. His game was methodical. And that methodical approach is something that, and I tweet about this all the time, I wish Cam Reddish did that more. Cam Reddish is easily capable of that. Getting to the cup, getting to the free throw line, shooting the mid-range jumper, and shooting the three. Being a triple threat on the offensive end. I want to see that more from Cam Reddish, and I want to see Kevin Herter continue to do that when he gets opportunities. We need to get him opportunities. I know there is a debate on Twitter about who should play more. And honestly, Cam Reddish is good on the defensive end. Yes, he is. He's a, he's a two-way player, but he lacks consistency both defensively and offensively, in my opinion. When his shots are not going in, it suffers. His defensive effort is not there. But when he's playing well, he's engaged in the defensive end. Kevin Herter is going to give it give it his all no matter what. That is the difference between the two, and that's why when given opportunity, Herter is more consistent with his opportunity than Cam Reddish. Like I said, they both got opportunity because DeAndre Hunter and Bogey were out versus Utah. But then again, like I said, we need to figure out how to get them more touches in games because they're certainly capable of doing it because outside of Reddish in that Utah game, nobody else on the bench did anything. Gallo gave you three points in seven minutes. Gorgie Jang played 11 minutes, give you nothing. Lou Will only had four points in 10 minutes. DeLon Wright got you nothing. In a um, surprise, they put in a TLC, Alua Cabaret, and he gives you nothing as well. Most of the scores were in the starting lineup. Capella started off hot, uh, finished with 13 points, 12 rebounds, 5 of 8 from the floor. Not a bad game, especially when you're going against Rudy Gobert. Trey Young, 27 points, 6 assists. He hit 5 three-pointers, 10 of 21 from the floor. So not a bad game from Trey Young. Again, he's trying to force things to happen. On top of getting his, which he needs to, he needs to be a little bit more aggressive. He needs to be more selfish at times, even though I love how he's distributing the ball. But right now, another six turnover game right there. But like I said, injuries and, you know, inconsistent rotations. There's a lot of things going on for the Hawks team, but they're fighting. And I'm going to give them that. They are absolutely fighting. And in that game, I mean... Utah shot 50% from the floor and almost 40% from three. On the flip side, the Hawks shot 43% from the floor. That's a tough defensive team. So shots within the three-point arc, that's going to be tough. But 50% from three that game, that was a good three-point display. And I want to see that more from the Hawks. They got out-rebounded by the Jazz by 12. Had less free throw attempts than the Jazz. Surprise, surprise. You know how they've been doing us at times. 22 team assist. We always talk about in this program. I like the number 24. Uh, not because I, you know, miss Kobe, um, RIP. But I think typically when they have 24 team assist, success happens. 
Six steals from the Hawks, five blocks. Active on the defensive end. They tried. They forced 15 turnovers from the Jazz. Committed 13 themselves. You know, got lost in the, in the paint as far as points by eight. So, when you look at the numbers, not terrible. Need more free throw attempts. Obviously, got to work to find better shots within the three-point arc. But... It's just those little moments through those games, those little spurts that the Hawks get frantic, miss a couple of shots that lead to them not giving the same effort on defense. The other team makes shots and then boom, they're down by 12, down by 15. And now you got to continue to play from behind. And it's, it's been really annoying if you're a Hawks fan. Like the Hawks play from behind, they can't take the lead. And when they have a lead, they blow it. Like it's, or if they have a lead, it's not a huge lead. So Hawks just, and Lowe, Zach Lowe put out an article on ESPN about the Hawks are still trying to figure out their identity. And as much as everyone thinks the sky is falling, the Hawks are four and nine, people are jumping off the bandwagon saying fire McMillan, trade everybody. It's too early. Get, we need to be patient, even though we are in a city that just won a World Series title. The Georgia Bulldogs, you know, they're number one in the nation right now in college football. Everyone is expecting them to win a national title this year with Alabama slightly down. And the Hawks getting to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Everyone's expecting them to come out and just be undefeated. Well, one, there's 82 games in the season. And two, they played deep into the season last year. And, you know, new, not new bodies, not a lot of new bodies on the team, but more, more is added to the mix with a healthy DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. And they have to figure out what lineups work and how to get everyone their touches so this team can be effective on both ends of the floor. I like the lineup where they have the all-bench lineup, but they put John Collins in there. That's been working as of late. And with that, they need to kind of figure out if it is bogey, if healthy, is it Herder? Who is going to be that other guy in that lineup that's going to score? Is it Cam Reddish and DeLon Wright? If you're going to be in the game or Lou will, got to set up the offense. You got to help find, help create opportunities for the bench so they don't stall offensively. Because we have seen a lot of times, there's been times where the bench has done well. And that lineup with Collins and the bench, they've done well. But there's a lot of times when that bench stalls and it has a lot to do with, you know, defense. Uh, they don't defend us well at times. And there's a lot of people off the bench trying to look for their shot instead of looking to defend and then off of defending, getting back into the offensive flow and finding the right shot for that possession. Like I said, the Hawks need to continue to look at it possession by possession instead of getting ahead of themselves or getting bogged down in the situation. Like I said, they're playing hard. They're scratching and clawing, but it's because they've been playing from behind. And if you have that fight, but if you have that mentality, 
this is what what can we do this possession on offense? What can we do this possession on defense? It's going to change your outlook on the game and your effort because you're not looking at a mountain. You're looking at a few steps ahead. You're taking those few steps to get to where you need to go. And we haven't seen that from the Hawks. We have just seen them kind of either go through the motions or, you know, they're fighting and clawing because they're down by so much and they're losing momentum. And when they lose that momentum, they start freaking out and then turnovers occur, poor shot selection. And then the next thing you know, the other team is going on these 8-0 runs, 10-0 runs, and the Hawks are getting behind the chains, a football term right there. So they're going to have to really just break down and focus this this game tonight. And then obviously Utah, I mean, sorry, the Denver game was the same story. They had opportunities. They were knocking at the door, but and they played four really good defensive teams out West. Phoenix is a good defensive team. Golden State at the time was one of the second or first, second best defensive team in the NBA. Utah is always great defensively, and statistically, the, the Nuggets are the best defensive team in the NBA. So they went against really good defensive teams, so it, it was going to be imperative that they look at it possession by possession. And obviously, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be a good defensive team as well. So it does not get easier. So have to change your outlook. You got to look at it possession by possession. They went into Denver. Shot 40% from the floor and an abysmal 18% from three. It's You got to do better than that. They out-rebound Denver by one. 20-team assist. Again, below 24. We already talked about that. Eight turnovers. Not terrible. One points in the paint. But, again, it's this low, those little moments where... The Hawks make poor decisions in a possession that lead to something great for the other team. We have to play more selfless basketball. That's where that team assists, that ball movement. That's where that comes in. We have to play more selfless basketball. And we have to have more ball movement and off-ball movement in this offense because there's too much standing around, people not moving, watching you know the main action happen happening. And the secondary action is just people just standing on the three-point line. We we have to get over that. We have to. I really see it with the bench, but it happens with the starters too, and that's on the coaching staff. We have to find some ways to get some off-ball movement in this offense to create a secondary action that's going to lead to a good shot in that possession. But back to the Denver game. Hawks battled. But again, behind the chains, those little moments, that just happened. John Collins did bounce back with 26 points, 9 rebounds in 39 minutes. 11 of 22 from the floor, 50% from the floor. 1 of 6 from 3. Been trying to find that shot. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, who was hurt the game before, was back 2 points in 21 minutes. And then he left early with the wrist soreness. Bogey, who was out the game prior, at 10 points. Uh, 5 of 13 from the floor, but 0 of 5 from 3. Typically, when he, when Bogey does not make a three-pointer, Hawks don't win. Trey Young did what he was supposed to do, 30 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds, 3 of 5 from 3, 9 of 16 from the floor. Capella started off hot in the Denver game, then cooled off uh, 14, of, so 14 points, 13 rebounds, 7 of 12, 
shooting from the floor. And I know he had eight in the first quarter. So he really did cool off the rest of the game. And off the bench, Reddish only gives you eight. Herder played 30 minutes, only gave you two points. So again, that bench has been a killer. Not a lot of production off that bench the last within this, basically outside of a couple games from individuals, not the entire bench. The bench has really been a disappointment this year, if we're going to be frank. So just, like I said, we have to continue to fight. We have to continue to find ways to be creative on the offensive end, to get better looks. Not a lot of ball movement, not a lot of off-ball movement, not setting any off-ball screens to get players open. We we did that last year. I saw it in the playoffs. This team is capable of doing it. We need to just implement it, and I don't know why it's not being implemented. Again, we need to take it possession by possession and not look at it as the mountain that is in front of us. Look, 4-9, early in the season, the Hawks can certainly turn it around. I think they're going to be up for this game because the Milwaukee Bucks, who bounced them out of the playoffs last year, defending NBA champs. And defending NBA champs are 6-7 and seven right now, so they're below 500 as well. So both teams are not their best selves right now. Both teams have been dealing with injuries, and both teams played deep into last year. And this is going to be a really interesting matchup. A really interesting matchup. Right now, uh, Ante DeCumpo is day-to-day. Probably will play. George Hill, day-to-day, probably will play. And Lopez and Middleton are listed as out. DeAndre Hunter is probably going to be out tonight. And Bogey is probably going to be a game-time decision. Hawks are a two-point favorite here at home. They're probably going to be extremely happy to be back here in Atlanta playing in front of home crowd. So I'm really interested to see how they come out and attack. We already know Giannis is going to be Giannis. Grayson Allen has been a really good addition for this team in Milwaukee. Bobby Portis, obviously, you know, he's going to be physical. He's going to have something to say about things. Drew Holiday was dealing with an injury. Now he's back. So they're going to have some guys that's going to fight on that team. Milwaukee's going to be fighters. We already know that, and the Hawks have to match that energy. We have to match that energy. We have to look at it possession by possession. We have to do some different things offensively, and we have to play better defensively. We have been atrocious on the defensive end, and I don't think it's because we don't have defenders. I think it's just because confidence and effort right now. We need to turn it around, and this is an opportunity tonight at home against the defending champs, the team that knocked you out of the playoffs, to do that. So I want to see fight. I want to see effort. And I'm excited to see if they can turn it around. If they can turn it around against the Bucks, I think it'll be a huge lift because they take on the Magic after that. And then they have a nice little homestand where they can kind of be at a home, get back into the routine, practice, watch film, you know, eat a home-cooked meal. And maybe they can turn this ship. I think this homestand could be the turning point early in the season to get the Hawks back on track, but it starts tonight. So I'll be watching closely, closely. Tip-offs tonight at 6 o'clock in the State Farm Arena. So eyes glued to the game. After, obviously, the Falcons take on the Cowboys, my Saints will take on the Titans, 
NFL football is going to be in full swing, but make sure you have time for your Atlanta Hawks. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars, give us a good review, share it, tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks, share with fellow Hawks fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans, NBA fans, does not matter. Anyone who's listening for content on the Atlanta Hawks, put them on my show. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That's at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett, 67. That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T, 67. Let's go, Hawks. Let's do it tonight against the defending champs. I'm excited to see how they come out and respond after that abysmal road trip out west. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.